As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, and empowered now by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, as always, my partner in crime. He's on the mend. He's feeling better. He is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we were just talking off-air before we jumped on here about John Elway standing at the podium just hours after he, you know, the axe fell on Vance Joseph's neck, so to speak, and he looked raw like the emotion was very close to the surface. There was a few times there, as someone who is a, is a kind of a an expert, I'll say a little bit in in interpreting tonality in a voice. I'm telling you right now that John Elway was he, his emotions were very close to the surface yesterday, and he stood at the podium and he vowed change. He talked about looking in the mirror, accepting responsibility. I mean, he did everything but fall on the sword. All right. First of all, Chad, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to your family. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year Broncos country. Uh, second of all, what you saw yesterday in John Elway was a humbled man. What you saw was a guy who came down from the perch, who now knows he's under the microscope and feeling more fan pressure and criticism than ever before. You saw his ego take a massive hit when he had a fire Vance Joseph. You saw a new point of the fact that he had looked like he had tears in his eyes, Chad, when he was up there behind the podium. It wasn't so much about Vance as it was his own failure and his own ego and the egg on his face after hiring arguably the worst head coach in franchise history. Yeah, I mean, I'm not 100%. I'm not I'm not saying necessarily he was up there weeping and crying. I'm just telling you, like, imagine yourself in a situation where one morning you wake up and you get a phone call, some terrible news about your family, you know, just something like the worst thing that you could possibly hear. And then you have to go like stand up at a podium and speak right. and your, your, your emotions are going to be very near to, to the surface. And it's like for, for fans who can think back to when it was announced that Pat Bowen had to step back, you know, he was basically recusing himself from the management of the team. He's got Alzheimer's, all this well, Joe Ellis spoke. It was during training camp. I can't. I think it was 2014. I'm I'm not positive on that. But anyway, just a couple of years ago, and Elway, when his turn came at the podium, I mean, he was. There were a few times in which his voice literally cracked. He choked up. He had to pause for a second, get through it. Now, this wasn't exactly that raw, 
with where the emotion was coming through completely. But I'm telling you right now, man, and you hit on this before we started recording in our private conversation, Zach, mm-hmm. he's feeling, I don't know if he's just shook from having to fire his hand-picked guy and a guy we know he respects and Vance Joseph, or as you talked about, and this is what I want to get into real quick before we jump into the coaching search, is the idea that he's kind of feeling the villagers turning on him a little bit. Right. He's starting to feel the heat. He finally knows what sitting on that hot seat feels like, and it doesn't feel good. Um, that legend status that he has in Denver as, you know, the Duke of Denver and the Hall of Famer and this and that, they yeah. can only buy him so much time with this fan base. I mean, three non-playoffless seasons, back-to-back losing campaigns, um, it, it, winning is everything in the NFL. You know, you win or you get fired. You win or you're replaceable. It's as simple as that. And the fans want to win. This is not the standard they're used to. And Elway is responsible for buying the groceries. And he's also part of the blame for all the Broncos' failures. You know, the one thing that discouraged me about Elway, I think the vast majority of what Elway had to say yesterday was was positive and should be encouraging for Broncos country. There's right. one thing in particular, though, that did disappoint me, and that is his continued bullish reticence to not acknowledge that the Broncos are in a rebuild. In fact, mm. you know, we could play the quote, but I'm not going to. To paraphrase him, he basically just said that, look, I don't like using that word because to me it sounds like an excuse. And I get what he's saying, you know, and he is the ultimate competitor. And he talked about how how badly he hates to lose and how his hatred of losing is even worse now than it used to be as a player and all that. I appreciate that. And I believe him. I really do. But at a certain point as an organization, you have to send the message to your fan base to kind of reset their expectations. Because if at the top... You're saying, look, you know, we we're we're not rebuilding. We're you know, we're not as far away from the playoffs as some might think. Then the fans are going to hold your feet to the fire in that sense. And mm-hmm. really, what needs to happen with this new coach who comes in? We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But he needs to be able to step into a situation in Denver in which the expectations are much more realistically focused. This is not a team that's one or two moves away from pushing for a world championship. I mean, that's the thing. Elway stood at the podium on Monday, and he used world championships as a phrase at least three times. And it's like, look, dude, I get it. You know, it's Super Bowl or bust in in your mind. But at a certain point, you have to pump the brakes, at least so the fans understand the lay of the land. You know, his comment and the way you framed it a little bit, it, it really strikes me as immature because at some point you everyone needs a little self-reflection and you kind of have to have perspective as to where, where you are, what you're capable of, your short-term goals, your long-term goals. And the Broncos really need to look themselves in the mirror and realize they're a rebuilding franchise. This is not a reboot. This should be a rebuild. Blow it up and get it back in the working order. Uh if you have to reverse engineer it, you have to reverse engineer it. I mean, like you said, though, great point. If a new coach comes in and he expects to win a Super Bowl and if he's put on playoff notice and he doesn't have a playoff roster, that's not fair to the coach. So they have to be in alignment there. And even Joe Ellis made a point and he said, listen, I'm not fooling myself. I know where we are. We need to take some time and reflect. And I really appreciated that comment because – they, you know, even the vets feel it a little bit. Even, you know, Derek Wolf spoke on it. Chris Harris Jr. spoke on it. Von Miller spoke on it. It's the way the NFL goes. Players come and go every year. There's going to be turnover. There needs to be a, a full rebuild, though. They cannot do it halfway. They cannot retain some coaches, retain Case Keenum, um, and still think they have a chance to win a title next year. They're not that close. They're a couple years away from that. I mean, it's bordering. Here's the problem is you want – 
your GM and president of football operations to stand at the podium in the midst of a crisis and speak sense, you know, to talk nuts and bolts in a way that makes you nod your head and go, yeah. But what Elway was saying, you know, not wanting to use the rebuild word, is borderline delusional because until the Denver Broncos have a franchise quarterback, they're not anywhere close to competing for a world championship. And still to this day, I feel like Elway is under this delusion that because the Broncos managed to win a Super Bowl in 2015 with with Peyton Manning, you know, half of his body tied behind his back, so to speak, and he was on fumes, right? I mean, still had that Hall of Fame brain, but his he just wasn't the same player. So he's thinking we're one middle-of-the-road quarterback away from winning it all again, and that's just, I mean, to say nothing of the roster itself, the quarterback, that's it's a quarterback-driven league. I mean, the Broncos have a ton of roster holes, and that came to the surface a lot more in 2018 uh, especially, but until they get the quarterback situation solved, until they get the right head coach in there who can help identify, select, and uh, groom that next franchise quarterback, you just can't use that. You just can't stand at the podium and talk about world championships. And I get it that, you know, that's the standard, and that's what Mr. B put in place and all that stuff, and that's great. But right now it's time for realistic uh, assessment of the situation. When you go stand in front of the doctor, okay, and you need your checkup, and you're worried maybe something's wrong with you, you don't stand there and say, hey, listen, I just want you to tell me what I want to hear because I'm going to live forever. I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof. If there's something going on with you, you want that doctor to tell you the truth. You need to identify. You need to face reality. And so that you can address it, so that you can overcome it, hopefully, you know, and find the solutions. That's where, that's the one disconnect I felt, Zach, yesterday is just that, come on, man, it's time to call a spade a spade. This is a team that has to embrace the rebuild. You know, part of it, I think his ego is so massive that he actually believes he knows how to pick quarterbacks. He actually believes he made the right choice with Osweiler, with Lynch, uh, you know, having Simmons as a starter, bringing in Case Keenum. He thinks he knows what it takes to win in today's NFL. Uh, I, I think that's just a reflection of his massive ego and massive pride and him being a Hall of Fame quarterback himself. He actually touched on that yesterday, that he still thinks that uh, prototypical quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks, should hang in the pocket and wing it. That's not the way the NFL is going nowadays with the Baker Mayfield, the Russell Wilsons. So as long as that um, is that, like you said, delusion in Elway's own mind and he's picking the groceries he's picking the quarterback I mean it stands to reason the Broncos won't have a franchise QB until he smartens up and that's one of the reasons why I I remain hopeful that the next head coaching hire is an offensive guy because Elway needs some savvy some expertise on that side to help him pick the next quarterback someone who's on the cutting edge of offensive evolution in the NFL right now in fact that's a good opportunity for us to kind of segue and touch on basically where things stand on day two of the Denver Broncos coaching search. Now, one quick thing that we need to address before we dive into this is the fact that, look, we're recording this podcast literally at 12.55 it is right now, Mountain Time, on Tuesday. So events are going to be moving pretty quickly. Hopefully those of you listening are getting this under your belt on Tuesday at some point, maybe Wednesday at the latest, because this news cycle is going to move quick. Like during the the regular season and even during training camp, Zach and I can pretty much schedule our podcasts and predict them around when the news cycle is going to break so that we're not missing anything. You know, our analysis is fresh and right on top of everything that's cooking right now. But there is a chance when you listen to this, there might be new developments. So bear with us and we're going to try and stay 
on that edge of, of things breaking as as they happen here in this this coaching search. But for now, keep that in mind. Let's talk about where things stand heading into day two. The Broncos officially have requested interviews with five coaches, four of whom are on are currently under contract with another team. And so it it's let's just kind of go through these. You give me your analysis. We'll talk about each one and go from there. And then maybe we'll have a little time to jump into the mailbag. But the first thing, uh, let's talk about Mike Munchak, currently the offensive line coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, former head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Of course, he's a nine-time Pro Bowl player for the Houston Oilers, which is who the Tennessee Titans used to be, obviously, back in the 80s and, and 90s. That's right. But this is a guy that, look, there's no question, Zach, that Mike Munchak is probably the best offensive line coach in the NFL. I mean, you got Bill Kalars, the best D-line coach in the NFL. Best O-line coach is widely considered to be Munchak. But one of the, the, the prerequisites that Elway was looking for is a guy who's an expert on his side of the ball. Now, I'll, I'll grant that Mike Munchak is an expert on offensive line. I'm not convinced uh, that he's an expert on offense, you know, as, as an okay. overall scheme. So this one to me was lackluster. What were your thoughts on the idea of the Broncos taking a look at Mike Munchak? Uh, let me just say as a whole, when these candidates started leaking out, I am very underwhelmed by this group of candidates. I thought there'd be more up-and-comers or more, you know, like Dave Taub, uh, more veteran names than Chuck Pagano, Mike McCarthy, which we'll get to in just one second. Spoiler alert. Um, Munchak, he was a great player, a very respected coach within NFL circles. He's good in his specialty, but he doesn't move the needle for me. I don't want an offensive line coach as the head coach of the Broncos, and then he'd have to hit a grand slam with his coordinator hires, but I don't want a chance like that. So um, he kind of gets interviews every coaching cycle around this time. He's kind of just a courtesy interview. I don't think he gets the job and I kind of don't want him to get the job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just not, I mean, if you're looking for experience, you know, we've been trying to tell you for the last couple months about, you know, don't, don't be shocked if Denver's initial impulse is to target an NFL retread, someone with experience, someone that can, in theory, provide stability and, you know, a confident, capable um, approach to straightening this ship out, so to speak. But of all the ideas, Munchak, I mean, he's a physical coach, like in terms of his brand of football, there's things about it that you like, but you look back at the Tennessee Titans, I mean, at least with with McCarthy and Pagano, I mean, those guys left their previous head coaching stints with plus 500 records as a head coach, okay? For all their faults, for all the ways that they went wrong, not the case with Mike Munchak. He's sub-500 as a head coach. I just, this is one that just doesn't get me going at in any way, shape, or form. So let's, let's move on. Let's touch on Brian Flores, the uh. defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. Now, this is one that most fans immediately want to slam the door on because he is yet another New England Patriots coordinator, and very few uh, offsprings from the Bill Belichick coaching tree have gone on to forge any kind of success in the NFL. And then, of course, fans are still a little gun-shy, obviously, over what happened with Josh McDaniels. But there are some cool things about Flores that make him a very interesting and intriguing option. He's he's only 37, and yes, this is only his first year as a defensive coordinator, replacing Matt Patricia, who went to be the head coach of the Detroit Lions. But Flores has been working for the Patriots organization under Bill Belichick since 2004. And what's interesting about him is he started out as a scout and he worked with back in those days in 2004, 
you know, who was also a scout for the New England Patriots, was Matt Russell, currently in the front office alongside John Elway in Denver. So there's that connection between Russell and Flores. On top of that, Flores transitioned from scouting into coaching. And since then, he has worked his way up from almost every position coach imaginable on, on Bill Belichick's defense to officially becoming the defensive coordinator. And he's kind of known as being a no-nonsense, hard-edge type of disciplinarian type coach, um, which might not be the worst thing for the Denver Broncos. And, of course, also, Zach, as an African-American, he would satisfy the Rooney rule, which right. dictates that every NFL team interview at least one minority candidate when filling a head coaching vacancy. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know too much about Flores when I saw his name was floated for the Broncos. I did some research on him. I read up on him. He seems like a great coach. He seems like a, a good up-and-coming rising coordinator in the NFL. I don't want him, though. There's too many similarities to Vance Joseph one year as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, rarely, rarely do Bill Belichick's offspring go on and make good NFL coaches. Even Matt Patricia this year was pretty awful. Yep. And, uh, you know, I don't want another defensive coordinator. I don't want a, another young, green, defensive-minded head coach. If you're going to get me a retread, fine. If you're going to get me an offensive coach, fine. I don't want a young, inexperienced, defensive-minded coordinator that's head coach of the Broncos. Yeah. So it, there's there are things to like, but just with the recent history, I mean, you can think of, of Josh McDaniels, you think of Vance Joseph, and on the surface, Brian Flores would appear to share too many similarities there. And, you know, I think if this time John Elway – in that brain trust, but obviously Joe Ellis really said that this is going to be John's decision. But if he goes into this saying, look, I kind of already know who my guy is and these these interviews are perfunctory, that's a problem. But if he goes into each one of these interviews with the open mind of, you know what, I'm going to allow each one of these guys, if they can manage it, to woo me, to win me over, to convince me, to wow me in the interview process. And if Brian Flores manages to do that in the interview... We'll, we'll see if he emerges as the best candidate for the job. We'll see. Uh, but let's move on here talk about Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, who the Broncos have also requested an interview with. Now, he obviously has been coaching the defense for the Chicago Bears for a few years now, but this is the year that that unit really took a – you know, a giant leap forward. And you could argue that it's because of the addition of Khalil Mack, and you'd be right in many ways. Uh, But it's kind of the perfect storm where savvy coaching has met, you know, great personnel, and the Bears are playing a phenomenal brand of defense. I mean, Fangio's unit finished 2018 regular season as the number one scoring defense in the NFL, number three in total yards. I mean, they were predatory. They were taking the ball away on the reg. They were pressuring the quarterback. I mean, it was it was just a perfect storm of defense. And this wasn't his first rodeo. He's been coaching in the NFL since the 1980s. He was Jim Harbaugh's defensive coordinator for those great Niners defenses, that stretch where Harbaugh's Niners were very competitive in the playoffs every year, pushing, made it to the Super Bowl that year. So he's got some experience. He's never been, though, Zach. Here's what's curious about him and what kind of makes me wonder. He's never been a head coach before, and I, in at least the years I've been covering the NFL, this is the first time he's ever his name's ever been thrown around as a legitimate candidate for head coach. And a part of me has to wonder why, after all these years of coaching in the league, this is his first real shot at being a head coach. 
Yeah, that's pretty curious for sure. It's a good point. But this is my guy right here. Among the group, this is who I want the Broncos to hire. Um, after John Harbaugh, you know, he's staying with the Ravens and Mike Shanahan is out of the picture. I wanted Dave Tobe. I wanted Jim Schwartz or Vic Fangio. And they want to bring in Fangio. This is my guy right here. Uh, hard-nosed defensive coach. He he worked nicely blending veteran, controversial talent with young, rising talent. And he made that defense work. And that stands out to me because you have Von Miller, you have Bradley Chubb, you have Chris Harris Jr. on that defense. Uh, that's a lot of personalities. On the sidelines, he's a teacher. He goes over and instructs players. He gets in their faces. He huddles them up. When's the last time you saw Vance Joseph do that or Joe Woods do that? He's um, confident but not outspoken. He knows when to get angry. He knows when to celebrate. He knows when to compliment his players. Not a player-friendly coach, but the players love playing for him. I wrote an article about him, and Khalil Mack just raved about Vic Fangio. So this is my guy. If they're going to hire someone, I want Fangio. Fair enough, but here's the thing for me. Like, I wouldn't be the most disappointed if Vic Fangio ends up being the hire. But are you telling me, John Elway, that if Vic Fangio gets the job, you're going to saddle him with Gary Kubiak as your offensive coordinator? Because I don't think that's necessarily the best formula for the Broncos to, as the players were decrying Monday morning after Vance Joseph got fired, talked about, look, Chris Harris in particular, we haven't evolved with the rest of the league since Super Bowl 50. I'm not sure. Vic Fangio, he's old NFL guard. Gary Kubiak, old NFL guard. My doubts, and I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. I'm just telling you what my doubts are on this, would be it's all indications it sounds like the Broncos are kind of making it one of the prerequisites or conditions for that next head coach is, hey, by the way, Gary's going to be your offense coordinator. Which and I hate. Yeah, I don't like it either. Like, if you're if Gary Kubiak remains uh, committed to going back to coaching, and the Broncos want to keep him within the organization, does he have to be an offensive coordinator? <laughs> I mean, can he be an assistant head coach? Can he be a quarterbacks coach? Like, he's a here's the thing about Kubiak. He's a great play caller, situational play caller. That's one thing I love about him in terms of you know being in the flow of the game and knowing what play is going to exploit what look the defense is giving you. He's great at that. But his offense, I mean, let's face it, the two years he was in Denver, I mean, if Peyton, if your offense is making Peyton Manning look like he's, he's, you know, completely lost all of his talent, you got an issue. And if the Broncos, again, they're, they're going to have to target a new quarterback, long-term, rebuild, find that franchise guy, you need someone like the next guy we're going to talk about here, Zach Taylor, who can say, look, we're not going to bring you from your spread concepts in college and say, forget all of the things you know well, forget all of your comfort zones, forget all of these great things you've done in college. You're going under center. You're learning the seven-step drop. You're doing all this West Coast stuff and zone, you know, doing all that stuff that Gary Kubiak is known for, which he forced the hand of Peyton Manning and he forced the hand of Brock Osweiler, et cetera, et cetera. You want a guy like Zach Taylor who can say, look, okay, you're really good in the spread. That's what you've known in college. We're going to kind of teach you some West Coast principles. We're going to sprinkle that in as the backbone, or I should say we're going to lay that as the foundation of our scheme as the West Coast offense. But from an operational perspective as a quarterback, I'm not going to have you running under center. I'm not going to have you learning how to do a seven-step drop, set, read, fire. I'm not. You're going to be working from the gun. You're going to be doing your thing. There's going to be pre-snap motions. There's going to be We're going to be run-pass option. We're going to be doing all these things. Because that's what's working in the NFL. That's my biggest concern with Gary Kubiak coming back here, Zach, is like, 
I get it. He's one of the champions of the Broncos in terms of being involved in all three world championships. But I think that's also a philosophy, the band back together thing that's in in many ways has kind of held this team back. I'm starting to think that unless the Broncos hire an offensive minded coach, Gary Kubiak will be the next offensive coordinator. And I hate that. Like, I, I hate it. I mean, why would you force him on their next head coach and not let the next head coach pick his own coordinator? It's like we talked about earlier, not wanting to blow it up all the way, not wanting to go through that full rebuild. They're still scared of change and that you're never going to win or succeed in the NFL with that mindset. So I do not like that. And I would hope that Gary Kubiak stays in the front office and instead of dragging him down the sidelines, which to me is kind of like a, a desperate move, you're also taking away one of the best scouting advisors the Broncos have in the building, who is a big you know, catalyst behind their great draft class from this year. So I'd prefer Kubiak stay where he is, uh, but Elway apparently has other designs for him and I do not like it. Now, in regard to Taylor, um, he's my favorite offensive coordinator candidate because he's the most creative. Everyone wants that next Kyle Shanahan, that next Sean McVay, uh, Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, and he might be it. He might not be it. He might be the next Vance Joseph, but you never know unless you gamble. Uh, he's 35. He's relatively inexperienced, but he's really honed his resume yeah. under Sean McVay. Um, I just don't think Elway gambles on a young, inexperienced head coach again. I would love Taylor as an offensive coordinator. I think Fangio as head coach and Taylor as the OC, to me, is oh, a yeah. dream scenario from the five that we have or six that we I have could, known. I could definitely get behind that. Like, If this is all about bringing Zach Taylor in to see how he would feel about an uh, offensive coordinator job, because this wouldn't be... By the way, he is the quarterback's coach of the L.A. Rams, but this would not be... He's been a coordinator twice on two previous NFL stops with Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. In this case, you know, he was hired alongside McVay at first to coach receivers and then this year promoted to quarterback's coach. So if, if John Elway's bringing him in to under the kind of auspice of, look, we're, it's a head coaching interview, but really what I'm trying to find out is if I offer you an offensive coordinator job under Vic Fangio, will you take it? That discur- I mean, I'm stoked on that. That that would be cool. Hopefully he would allow it to happen. I mean, McVay allowed LaFleur to leave for that Tennessee Titans job, and it wasn't actually a uh, – it was a lateral move. It wasn't an upward mobility move. This would be an upward mobility move for Taylor because he'd be going from quarterback's coach to offensive that, coordinator. That's but a great point. I still think Elway needs to allow each one of these interviews the space to win the job. Like – don't go in with preconceived notions. And that's one thing Ellis right. actually talked about yesterday right. is, is you know, John always been very focused on what he wanted in each and every head coaching search he's had as the front office are for the Broncos. This time around, I think he really needs to have, it's one thing to have a favorite and go, this is the guy I like on the surface, Vic Fangio. This is my guy. But I'm, I'm interviewing these guys for a reason. And I got to leave room for each one to impress me and win the job in that sense. And I hope he at least does that with Zach Taylor, but I agree with you that I have my doubts that he's going to be willing to roll the dice on yet another young quote unquote, you know, unproven coordinator slash position coach making the jump. I agree with you. He needs to go in with an open mind and not look at it as three, you know, two separate jobs or three separate jobs, coordinating jobs, but just a head coaching job. I just don't think Taylor, if he's getting other head coaching interviews, would settle for the Broncos coordinator job with no quarterback and, and you know no great you know long term prospects right now. So right. Um, I would love him. I, I don't think he's ready to be a head coach here just yet, but I would absolutely love if he was the coordinator here. One thing too that's cool about Taylor, he is a former Division One quarterback. 
Uh, I think he was Big 12 Player of the Year for Nebraska. Yep. Only had one year in the NFL. Didn't work out. He was basically told, "Look, you're you're not you don't have what it takes." He went undrafted, got into the league, but he was basically told, "You don't have what it takes." And he said, "All right, fine. I'm going to go into coaching." And immediately got into coaching in 2008 after going undrafted in 2007, and then four years later got his start uh, in the NFL. So he's he's still very young, but hey, I mean, if Sean McVay could if he can get some of that juice and he can parlay some of that those same philosophies into his if he he's good, probably going to get an, a head coach job. I mean, there's eight right. vacancies right now, so if Zach Taylor is hell bent on becoming a head coach, even if the Broncos don't offer it to him, he's probably going to get the opportunity somewhere. So we'll see how it shakes out. And let's let's lastly here just touch on Chuck Pagano, who the Broncos uh, plan on interviewing as well. Um, you know, he left his his Colts job after they dismissed him with a winning percentage of .552. He's I think it was three consecutive years when when luck was healthy. The Colts went to the playoffs, and it wasn't until he lost his quarterback that things went sideways for Pagano in Indianapolis. Of course, he's a cancer survivor. He's from Boulder, Colorado. He's a former Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator. He's a defensive-minded guy. I don't hate the idea of Pagano. I mean, I could I could get behind it because he is a retread. He understands the model. He's been to the playoffs. He knows how to win in this league. But again, kind of similar to Fangio, even though this would be a first-time uh, opportunity for Fangio. Similarly, it would come down to me who's the offensive coordinator. If you're bringing in Chuck Pagano, from a philosophical perspective, how are you building the offense? How are you formulating your search for the next franchise quarterback? Because, I mean, Chuck Pagano got an up-close look at what you know Andrew Luck looks like in that prototype, but good luck right. finding that again in the near right. future. I mean, he's a once-in-a-generational uh, caliber quarterback. So that would be the biggest thing for me with Chuck Pagano. I'm thinking that if Pagano gets the head coaching job, Kubiak is going to be the OC. And I just, I hate, the only coach I want less than Pagano is Mike McCarthy. I don't want, he reminds me too much of Vance Joseph Pagano. Uh, weak defensive-minded coach, and I'm not saying personally, you know, as a coach, um, kind of a soft defensive coach, not a very fiery type. Great story. I, you know, um, I was very happy he'd be cancer, obviously. I just don't want him as the Broncos head coach. He doesn't move the needle for me. I mean, when you watched his Colts coach teams, a lot of the same mistakes Joseph made were in-game management and challenging and lapses like that. I don't want that. I'm sick of that. I mean, this is not the... I mean, can you imagine Chuck Pagano leading the Broncos to a title? Can you really envision that? I, I can't see it, so... Not without a quarterback, no. I mean, no one can really do it. It's going to be hard regardless, but I, I just... I, I don't like it. A defensive-minded coach who doesn't... He was a year out of football. I don't know. It's not for me. I mean, if you... If, if Chuck Pagano was coming to be the head coach of the Peyton Manning-led Denver Broncos a few years back... Fine. I could get behind it, but right. without you need a rebuild. You know, you need a guy with a, a cutting edge philosophy, and that ain't Chuck Pagano. And, and you know, Mike McCarthy. I mean, these retreads, I can I can find an argument for. It. I can convince myself they're the right decision, but I still feel like the Broncos need to find. And you know, honestly, Brian Flores. I mean, Vic Fangio, Zach Taylor. These are the candidates Den we know Denver's interested in that have never been head coaches in the NFL before, I would exhaust, I would find a way, I mean, I would go into this with each interview going like, I'm finding the hole in the boat. Like, I'm going to find the reason why these guys shouldn't be head coaches because I don't, you got to find a new philosophy here. You got to find the the guys who are making hay right now in the NFL. That isn't Chuck Pagano. That isn't Mike Munchak. Steelers got 86. I mean, he had a great offensive line, but 
Tennessee Titans were garbage under Munchak. I mean, the, the teams that are making noise, L.A. Rams, Zach Taylor, Chicago Bears, Vic Fangio, and even the New England Patriots with Brian Flores. I mean, and there's some other guys out there, obviously, that Elway told us he's not considering, like Adam Gase, who was fired by the Dolphins, and, of course, Mike Shanahan. But you know what's interesting, Zach? We should talk about this real quick. Elway's yeah. saying no on Shanahan, but then you got this Mike Florio report saying, no, 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 don't listen to what Elway's saying. Shanahan is still an option on the back burner. What do you think of that? I I don't know. I mean, Elway said not at this time, and that kind of led me to believe that, oh, he's keeping his options open. And then all these reports came out that said he is not a candidate, and local reporters kind of strongly rebuked that. Like I said on a, a recent podcast, it, it would mean that Ellis would eat an enormous amount of crap publicly if you were to hire Shanahan after he you know, reportedly vetoed that move last year. I don't see it happening. Um, they're focused on the group they have, and I firmly believe the next head coach is among this group. We'll see how it shakes out. Before we get out of here, let's take a couple questions from the mailbag because Zach and I are your football priests, and each and every episode we are here to offer you the absolution and answers to your Burning Broncos questions. And this first one here, let's see. We'll go to Mr. Ronald Newman on Twitter. He says, would it make the most sense to hire an offensive-minded head coach since that's where the majority of the problems with the team lies, Zach? I would prefer an offensive-minded coach, but there's not too many, you know, experienced candidates out there right now that excite you, and that's what Elway wants is experience. I think for me, though, they have to end up with either a head coach or an offensive coordinator with an up-and-coming cutting-edge scheme. That's why I think Zach Taylor is the perfect candidate for OC. But regardless, they have to have a good OC in place for whoever the head coach is because none of those guys have a great um, all-star background on offense, and I don't really trust Taylor in that role just yet. So I I believe, obviously, with the offensive problems, you have to have a guy who has a future and is not antiquated like Eric Kubiak who can work with a quarterback and build him up for the long haul. Here's a handful of offensive-minded coaches who I think the Broncos would just be remiss to not at least interview. And that would include Matt LaFleur, Brian Schottenheimer, Nick Sirianni, um, Mike McDaniel in San Francisco, and now, of course, Zach Taylor. And you might even want to bring in the the Vikings, DiFilippo, who got fired, you know, midseason. Just bring him in. Get as much information. Even Jim Bob Cooter, which we've been told behind the scenes is highly unlikely at this point. But bring all these guys in. Soak it all in. Get as much information as you possibly can. But, you know, if the the hire again, if it ends up being uh, Vic Fangio, if it ends up being a Munchak or um, Chuck Pagano, again, it just comes down to who are you pairing with that coach as, at offensive coordinator. If it's Gary Kubiak, again, I can convince myself to get excited. I can find ways to try and, and pitch this to you as listeners and fans on why you can get excited about it. But on the surface, it would be lackluster. I think the Broncos need to, again – put their nose closer to the cutting edge of what's happening in the NFL, not what was happening, you know, in, in from 1995 to 2008. Now, Chad, let me just throw out a yeah. couple more names out there real quick. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator, uh, Mike Kafka, uh, mm-hmm. chiefs quarterbacks coach, mm-hmm. um, Freddie kitchens, the Browns yeah. interim OC, who's done mm-hmm. a fantastic job at Baker Mayfield. And one guy, I know it's a long shot. It's not going to happen. It's a, it's a, it's a pipe dream. Bruce Arians. Mm. That's a guy, a retread with an offensive background with that spit and vinegar personality. Yeah. Uh, I'd love him. Uh, it's not going to happen, but that's definitely an ideal candidate for me. Bruce, wide-ass open, Arians. 
Yeah, I love Bruce, but the word on the street is he, Cleveland. you know, Cleveland, and then he said apparently the Tampa Bay might interest him because it's got Jameis Winston. But um, and that's the thing. I mean, you can go to that NFL.com article that came out about ranking the current head coaching vacancies in terms of the most desirable destinations, and they, I ha- I can't really disagree with them. I mean, you got Cleveland number one on this report, and then Green Bay, New York, Arizona, all four either have an established proven quarterback or a rookie drafted last year in the first round and so if you're a prospective head coach you want to go where you have the best chance of starting from square three or four instead of square one where the broncos next head coaching hire will be and then it's Bengals at five i mean you have the freaking Bengals listed as the as a more desirable coaching destination than denver at number six and then tampa seven miami number eight so that's kind of what the Broncos are dealing with. And again, I have to question why Dave Tobe is not a part of this conversation yes. because yes. the only thing I can infer from this, Zach, is that the Broncos simply were not impressed by his interview in 2017. Thank you for bringing this up. I was actually posing this question on Twitter earlier. Uh, or the other thing that stands out to me is maybe he's quietly rebuffing teams and not wanting to make that leap this offseason. Maybe his candidacy peaked a couple years ago. But yeah, I'm shocked. He hasn't gotten one sniff so far, and even like Josh McDaniels is and random people are. So yeah, I wanted Tobe, and that's why I'm moving to my next, you know, retread on that list is Vic Fangio. Yeah. So that's that's who I wanted. So here's one from Chef M in the mailbag. He says, if Denver goes for Zach Taylor, or any head coach for that matter, what's to prevent the same of what we're hearing from the Broncos with former head coach Vance Joseph being a puppet of Elway's, always pulling the strings? Demarcus Walker's recent comments regarding going upstairs, confirming this as well. No kid, head coach wants this meddling. And this is, to close Chef's question, the impetus for his his recent podcast question. So if uh, Zach Taylor or any prospective head coach in Canada to kind of boil this down, how much of the pre, the, the perception in, around the NFL that Elway's a meddler, how much does that mitigate any of the interests these coaches might have in this job? I'm sure that Vance being fired after two years with kind of a lackluster quarterback situation, it doesn't look great. And the fact that there's no owner in place or squabbling, no stadium sponsor, no long-term quarterback, it doesn't look great. That's why I agree with that list that has the Broncos so low. Um, But I'm going to give Elway the benefit of the doubt and assume the next time around he won't meddle. This time around, he'll leave the coach to his own device and actually work with him and not work through him and not be a puppet, as you said. So um, I I wouldn't necessarily think you're going to get another Vance Joseph. But if you have to gamble on a guy, a young guy, it has to be Zach Taylor. Here's one from Kaysen Sirios. Sirios. Sorry if I mispronounced your name on Twitter. Who do you think, Zach, is the next head coach and who could be their potential coordinators? So let's, you know, we've already gone on record that we'd love Dave Tove. That's ancient history now. That's off the, off the table, apparently. So for me, Zach, here's what I'm going to throw out there. I this is how I think it's going to shake out. It's either going to be Vic Fangio or Chuck Pagano, and let's just assume it's Vic Fangio because that seems to be what is in Elway's heart right now. I would predict that it's Gary Kubiak as offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. I don't know. Go down the list of his coaching assistants, Fangio in in Chicago right now, but that's who I think it's going to be. I'm a hundred percent with you. My, you know, my heart wants Fangio, but my brain thinks it'll be Pagano. I don't know why I think that. I just have a feeling he's going to get the job. And I'm with you, regardless of Fangio or Pagano. I think Kubiak will be the OC. The good thing with 
Pagano or Fangio is at their defensive coordinator, so they'll handle the play calling or at least the game planning. So they can, I would look for an up-and-coming defensive coordinator, not Joe Woods, but someone of his ilk. You know, a guy they can kind of mold to be the next head coach maybe or the next coaching candidate out there. So yeah. I think I'm with you. I think it'll be Fangio. I think it'll be Pagano, but I want Fangio. I think Kubiak comes back as OC regardless, and I don't like that move at all. I could get excited, though, about Kubiak as OC if the head coaching hire was Zach Taylor because you put those two together because Zach Taylor's come up in the West Coast offense himself, and then just like uh, McVay in L.A., I mean, they've they've built on top of that, and they've gotten close to what's happening. I mean, they are the cutting edge of what's happening in the NFL. So if you took the new school Zach Taylor with the old school Gary Kubiak and his savvy inability as a situational play caller, put those two things together – I could get excited about that, but saddling any other new head coach with Gary Kubiak, it's not that I think that it will suck, so to speak. I just It's just a lackluster. If you're looking for monumental change, it's just a lackluster move here. But let's jump to uh, Dion Hicks. He says, what do you think about the candidates Denver has asked to interview? Who would you hire out of that list? I mean, off the top of my head, Zach, my preferred candidate of who I know the Broncos have interest in. I mean, I got Zach Taylor rises to the top for me because I'm tired of the old way. I want something new. Right. Yeah, I think, um, like I like I just said, I think Fangio and Pagano are the front runners because he wants experience. But I would, my heart also would like Zach Taylor in that role, though preferably as the OC. Uh, but yeah, I, I think of that group to me, it's very underwhelming. It's not what I thought it would be. It's not exciting. I think the fan base is kind of disappointed. They're kind of just settling for the next head coach. Oh, I guess you know Fangio, fine, I'll take him. It, it doesn't really bode well for the morale and the uh, the ticket sales of the Broncos next year. But of that group, I think it'll be Pagano or Fangio. It's funny you say that because the next question here from Matthew Slagle is, honestly, could the coaching list they put together so far get any more boring and lame? <laughs> Tobe isn't even on there, and I like him better than Munchak or Pagano. I prefer Schwartz over Fangio as well from Matthew Slagle. Yeah, I mean, I, what it says to me is that Elway had these candidates in mind well before he fired Van Schoes, and he did some research on them. And, yep. you know, that's that's his opinion, and, and that's his call. He is the GM. I just don't agree with it. I, I wanted John Harbaugh, and so did you, Chad, I believe. Yep. Uh, we wanted we wanted Dave Tobe. We wanted a guy from college, perhaps, a cutting-edge offensive mind. These just don't do it for me. I would like the Broncos to at least turn over the Mike McDaniel rock there in San Francisco. He's... He at least, you know, if they're trying to find a, a nice balance between old guard and new guard, I mean, he is a branch off the Mike Shanahan tree slash Kyle Shanahan tree slash Kubiak tree. So keep an eye on Mike McDaniel. He's one guy I wouldn't be surprised if in the next day or two word breaks that the Broncos are requesting an interview with him as well. So, But I think that pretty much covers it. Again, we're going to try and stay as on top of what's happening here uh, in the Broncos coaching search as possible, but that pretty much covers it for day, uh, for today, I think, Zach. Yeah, um, what it says, to, also something I noticed today is we haven't heard any new candidates. We've heard interviews being said. Uh, Taylor will interview on Saturday and Fangio Monday and Pagano sometime this week. And they haven't, no other candidates have leaked. So it says to me they want to move fairly quickly and a new coach, coach could be announced as soon as next week. So I think these candidates are the front runners right now. I don't think anyone new is entering the picture. And to me, I just don't like that. Definitely the front runners. Definitely the front runners. And we understand fans like Matthew who are feeling a little bit less than enthused over the collection of candidates the Broncos seem to have set their hearts on. But we'll see how it shakes out. We're going to be here to cover it all for you. In the meantime, you guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you get in on the Mile High Mailbag. Also, 
Find Zach on Twitter, at Kelberman247, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Also, if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, leave a creative review. Give us a five-star rating. And we also want to hear your thoughts. Give us some feedback in that review. But please do so if you haven't. It's a great way to help us grow the show and reach new listeners. And then also, make sure you're subscribing, you guys. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you here soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet episode to watch or meme to share the world may not want you to sleep but we do only the sleep experts at mattress firm can help you find the right bed at the right price unjunk your sleep in store or online at mattressfirm.com today